News Talk 580 CFRA presents the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. And we are right back at it, 7.06, and yeah, it's time to take off, man. Right here, Employment Law Show is uh, is upon you, and we implore you to call in. You have questions with the ever-changing uh, world of employment law when it comes to EI and COVID-19. That, of course, our focus. We'll take phone calls of all sorts tonight when it comes to your job and severance and uh, being laid off and all that stuff if you're an employer or an employee. But, man, oh, man, I know you got the phone calls and you got questions. This is the show. This is the guy you want to ask. Lior, reach out, 613-521-TALK. Uh, the email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And for the next little while, I know we started up uh, covidrights.ca as well. You can check that out, covidrights.ca. But bring the calls on. would love to talk to you, especially if you have concerns and you are stressing big time about uh, coronavirus and COVID-19 that's affecting this country, especially. That's what we're concentrating on i mean hey i went out today first of all my gym's closed now my starbucks is closed pal this is not good i am not making it through this well if starbucks is closed that's it we may as well just shut it all down and uh, give up there's no there's no point to thank go you on. thank you <laughs> well <laughs> good, good to be back here despite the situation i'll start off by sending a quick shout out to my good friends in uh, prince edward county that are in self-isolation now with their family mm-hmm. and listening hopefully you guys uh, enjoy the show uh, it's been uh, a hectic week for me as an employment lawyer. It's been uh, oh, yeah. a, a very difficult week for, uh, or a couple of weeks for everyone now. And when it comes to employment law, workplace rights, there's not a more, uh, there hasn't been a, a more time, a, a recent time in history where these issues are as important as now. So if you have a question about your job, and I know you do because you may have lost it. You may be worried about the status of your employment. Maybe you've been laid off temporarily. Perhaps this is a situation where your job has been reduced, your business has been ordered closed, whatever it is, you need to know what your rights are, what your options are. I'll give you the answers. I'll tell you what you need to know. I'll explain to you what you can and cannot do. Uh, We haven't ever seen a situation like this. I've been practicing law for nearly 20 years. I've never seen anything close to this. Uh, And and frankly, I hope never to have to see this if I get to practice for another 50 years. But uh, be that as it may, Give us a call right now. I know this is a stressful time. I can't promise you that I can solve your problem, but I can promise you that I'll give you all the information that's available and outline your options. If you want to know what to do in this very difficult, very complicated situation, uh, if your job is a, a primary concern, your livelihood, now is the time to ask those questions. And, I, you know, usually I start off with the week that was. The one thing I want to mm-hmm. focus on uh, right at the top of the show, and I know we'll get some more calls about that during the show, is this concept of temporary layoffs, John. Right. And right. Uh, so many people, you have been, you know, probably hundreds of thousands of people uh, across the country and, and even in this province have been laid off temporarily because of the virus because businesses are either shut down or they have to cut costs significantly. So I wanted to talk very briefly and outline what your options are if you have been laid off temporarily. So in most situations, if you've been laid off temporarily, you now have an option and that remains the same even now with the virus. So here's the options that you have. Option number one, is you can accept that layoff. And what I mean mm-hmm. by accept is you apply for EI and you, you're you off work and you sit at home and wait for the company to hopefully at some point be able to call you back. And if they call you back, you go back to work. Now that is option number one and, and certainly okay. many people have chosen that option. The second option, John, is you can treat that layoff right now as a termination. 
You don't have to sit at home and wait if they'll call you back. You may need additional money right now. You can treat that as a termination and get your full severance, even though the company is not planning on terminating you. Even right. though the company may have a legitimate reason to lay you off temporarily because they're struggling uh, with business loss, that is your right. That is your option. And you know why would you want to do that? Well, I've spoken with a lot of people that have chosen that option, and here's why. The first reason they've chosen that option is because they can't live off EI alone. They right. need additional compensation now. Not in a month, not in six months. They need it now. So if that's your situation, you need compensation now, one way to get that compensation is by getting your severance. That could be in some situations up to two years pay. So that's yeah. the first reason. The other reason, John, is individuals are worried about the company's viability in the future. So mm -hmm. if your company, God forbid, I hope that doesn't happen, but if they go under down the road, if they go bankrupt, they're not going to be able to pay you down the road. So right. some people have told me, you know what, I'd rather get paid now and not have to worry about the status of the company later on. So I wanted to outline that, John, about what happens with a temporary layoff, but there's a lot more to talk about temporary layoffs and everything else, so please give us a call. Let's talk about that. Let's answer as many questions as possible. Let's so uh, let's get it done. Six one three five two one talk again. Six one three five two one talk is the number. We'll get right to it. Donna, thank you for uh, for calling and hanging on the line. What's uh, what's your question tonight? Um, hello. Hi, Donna. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, hi. Um, I'm retired, and I've been working mm -hmm. part-time at a retail store, and, of course, they've closed now because of the virus, and I do need that extra income. Now, because I already have a pension, can I apply for unemployment insurance? So you retired. When did you retire? Um, uh, 16 years ago. No. So, no, uh, because you, you've retired... Whatever is happening currently right now, it, it, it doesn't impact your employment status because you haven't been an employee for, for a while. So, so no, you can't apply for, for employment insurance. Your, your pension entitlements as they are is, is the income that you have. Uh, because your employment hasn't been impacted by the virus, whatever the status is that you have has been your status for a while. Uh, no, none of that uh, impacts uh, your entitlements. No, I retired that long ago. Now I was working at retail part-time, you see. I see. Okay. So retail, that retail store closed, and, and they, they can't stay open right now. Right. So can you apply for EI? Yes, you absolutely can apply for EI. Okay. But you will they take can. off my pension income? Like, will I actually be entitled to anything, do you think? Yes. Yes, you will. Yes, oh, you will. Okay. You you will be entitled because your your income uh, that that you you've earned is now reduced to essentially to zero. So you will, despite the fact that you're getting uh, pension entitlements, you would be able to get uh, EI, no question. Oh, okay. Thank you. Don, appreciate uh, appreciate the question. Thank you. If you have any more questions for Lior, by the way, it's uh, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Going to move on down the line to uh, to Julie. Julie, you're up next. Thank you for calling here uh, this evening, this afternoon. Uh, what is your question? Hi. So I'm calling because I'm wondering, um, I supply teach. Yeah. But... Yep. At the same time, I'm I'm at the end of the line for supply teaching, and uh, I'm wondering, like, so uh, do it's it's complicated right now because I'm seeing that you can uh, do emergency EI, or should I wait? Because at the at the end of the of our school year, I get um um. I, I get the phone call that says that, you know, I can apply for my EI now. 
So there's which one am I supposed to be doing right now? So because I'm not in I'm not in school. I, I'm not I'm not working, but I also want to keep my EI because that's all I've got. So you will qualify. So normally you may not qualify right now for EI, but the government has uh, allowed or, or created a plan to allow people that normally would not qualify for for EI. They may not have enough uh, hours worked to still qualify. So yes, you should apply for EI right now. It won't impact any EI that you would otherwise get in the in the summer. Uh, so yes, you might, you definitely have to apply for it. That's what it's there for to help you in this unique situation. Yeah. Uh, whereas normally you may not qualify. Right now you should you should be able to. It may take a few weeks to get it approved. It may take a few weeks to get paid because there's such a backlog. But absolutely, Julie, you should apply for EI. And I wouldn't wait on this. I would do this today if you can. But is that going to be hindering on my 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 summer months? No, it won't impact it. Okay. It will not okay. impact it. It's a different EI benefit, so you, it shouldn't impact your regular EI benefits that you expect over the summer when you're uh, not working. So, no, you should apply for that right now. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Julian. Uh, enjoy your evening. We're going to take a short break here and get to more of your calls. Christine, don't go anywhere. We'll get to your call and yours as well. You have concerns about this, man. I know. Crazy. Murky waters, COVID-19, and your job and EI and everything under that banner. Do yourself a favor. Call the radio station now. We're here live. Get on it. 613-521-TALK. And we'll continue this discussion. Lots more of the Employment Law Show here on your uh, Tuesday evening right here on uh, CFRA, News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru on News Talk 580 CFRA. It is uh, 718. Bring it on. Lots of time for you to call in, have questions about your job. If it's a regular employment question, that is fine. We are open for business in that regard. But if you have questions about your employment, EI, COVID-19, the coronavirus, are you off? Are you essential? Should you be applying for this? Should you be doing that? It's it's crazy. I know we get it. That's why we are here. It is a 613-521-TALK. By the way, you can reach out anytime uh, to Lior. His crew is uh, his crew's work and help at employmentlawyer.ca and one eight five. Five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Christine, thank you so much for uh, for hanging on. How are you tonight? Hey, not too bad. Good. What's up? Uh, so basically, I was told that uh, they're reducing um, uh, the work days at work uh, to a three day week, and for me to get paid for a full five days, they're telling me I have to take my vacation for two of those days. Right, uh, and have they told you for how long they expect this to be going on? Uh, well, basically, um, I'm going on to um, um, third week of April. To the third week of April, okay. So, yeah. so regardless of, of the vacation, the issue, the, the the thing that you have to recall, as I was saying right at the top of the show, you have a choice to make. And choice number one is you can accept this new reality, take your vacation, and hopefully in April things go back to normal. I don't know that they will, but let's hope so. That's option number one. Option number two is that this, they've changed the terms of employment. They've reduced you from three day, from five days to three days. You can treat that as a termination. It's a constructive dismissal. A, con, a constructive dismissal happens when the employer makes significant changes to the terms of employment. And certainly moving you from five to three days is a, is a huge deal. So 
one of the options here may be for you to say, I'm not accepting this, and if you're doing this anyway, employer, I'm going to treat this as a constructive dismissal and require you to give me severance. Now, for you to assess this, let me let me g- give you some information about how much severance you may be owed. How long have you worked for this company? Um, almost 14 years. Okay, and what kind of a job, and, and how old are you, Christine? Um, I'm in my 50s, yeah. and it's a, it's a sales job. Okay, so you'd be um, looking at, high tech. Yeah, high tech. I see. So you'd be looking easily at a year's pay, potentially mm-hmm. slightly more than that. Okay, so easily, yeah. easily a year's pay on the very low end. So that's really what's at stake for you here is is uh, to to decide whether you want to proceed on the basis they've outlined or to treat that as a constructive dismissal. I'll leave you with this thought though. If, if you decide to accept this, obviously that, that, that is certainly an option. Mm-hmm. One of the concerns I have is that by doing that, you may give them the right to, to make further changes in the future, to, to reduce you again, to reduce you even more. You've opened that door a bit. So something to consider. Now, if okay. you do decide that you may, you're better off to, to go the constructive dismissal route, give me a call before you walk out of there, before you say, that's it, I'm gone. Uh, I want you to give me a call off here. Let's have a, uh, a chat in more in depth about this, and, and I'd be certainly happy to, to help you proceed on that basis. Okay, perfect. Thank you very Chris- much. You bet, Christine. Uh, try to enjoy the rest of your evening. Stay safe, of course, and it's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. You can reach out at help at employmentlawyer.ca or simply employmentlawyer.ca. Is the uh, is the website? We'll continue on here. Six one three five two one talk is the number. Let's get to uh, to Will. Hey, Will, thank you for calling in. How are you tonight? As good as can be, I guess, guys. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, man. What's your uh, question? Well, my question is just in regards to uh, the construction industry on how the Premier said, you know, if you're in the industry and you want to refuse work because it's unsafe, you can just do that. Now, with, with that, my employer is just saying that he doesn't know if he can, you know, pay me or what his responsibilities are if I decide that I don't want to work on site because of the fact that we're in close proximity to each other, there's no safety, there's no, uh, you know, masks or the the distance, the physical distance is not really being respected. So for me, I feel it's a risk for me and my family to be there on site when the, you know, some of the rules are not being respected right now and it doesn't feel that it's going to be uh, you know, instituted on the job site right now, and I'm a little concerned about it. What 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 am I at here? Where what what are my options here? You know. Sure. So so will help me understand. Would it be possible for them, for your employer, to uh, create an environment that's safer? Or given the nature of the job, there's just no possibility of doing it. Well, I, I definitely think so by just maintaining a a smaller crew, even though. There are some safety issues in, in construction and excavation, but the fact is is that we can still do our job with less guys and more distance between each other and, and respecting that. And that's where uh, I, I feel that our my employer also is being pushed by the general contractor that's running the site to keep up to, you know, his schedule, which is, you know, it kind of makes a catch-22 for everybody, you know? So, so here's some more information about a work refusal because a work refusal doesn't just mean that you refuse to work and that's it and they go over to the next guy with a work refusal what happens is the ministry of labor has to be brought in 
and they look at the situation and they determine is this work unsafe given all factors and if they do determine the work is unsafe they will issue an order for your employer to to do things differently so that safety can be respected so that's that's a viable option here for you because when the work refusal happens company first option is to try to fix the problem if they don't fix the problem the ministry of labor, labor has to be called it has to be called by law and then someone comes to the Ministry of Labor, determines whether it's safe or unsafe. If, if they determine, yeah, it's fine, then the work refusal stops. You have to go back to work. If it's not fine, they'll tell your employer exactly what to do and how to fix that problem. That's why I was asking you, can they actually fix it? And you're telling me right. that they can. So because of that, a work refusal, I think, is a good option. The other right. thing, and, and we talked before on the show, if you heard about constructive dismissal, your employer yeah. has a very fundamental obligation to keep you and your colleagues safe that's probably the primary obligation that the employer has if they drop the ball on that obligation you can potentially say you know what i i you've reached such a fundamental term mr employer that i can treat my employment as being at an end it's a constructive dismissal i'm going to leave and require you to pay me severance now that's a more extreme response sure but that is a possibility uh, a work refusal works really well here, uh, and I expect to see many more of these, not just in construction, but in other, industry, uh, other, uh, other industries. So perhaps that's the, the way to go here, uh, Will. Okay. Yeah, well, that's why. And because of, I work at, at a site, too, where I see the building under construction and many workers being in close proximity to each other, not respecting that, that physical distance, which yep. makes me really concerned having 20 guys it would make me concerned as well. Yeah, it would make me concerned as well. So a work refusal, potentially a constructive dismissal, but just kind of ignoring it and hoping for the best, probably not wise given everything we're hearing. So one of those options I think you have to take. We'll appreciate the call. We're going to uh, move on down here. You want to uh, get a call on, please do. This is the hour to do it, 613-521-TALK. It's uh, 726 here on Tuesday. We'll get to Lee. Lee, thank you for, uh, for hanging on. How are you, fella? worries no worries thanks a lot guys um i really yeah, appreciate man. this first of all and uh so basically i'm an uber driver uh me and my buddies as well this is for me and uh, my buddies um yep. it's extremely slow there are hardly any rides we went from making a decent amount of money per day to making about 30 to 20 20 30 40 dollars a day i got rent coming up and it's really scary so how does it work for ei and what would you what do you suggest i do so it's a great question and i'll, I'll tell mm-hmm. you what i know so the, the government, the federal government has said that they're going to make EI available for self-employed individuals. So uh, whether that's right or wrong, self, as Uber drivers, you're considered to be self-employed. So you should be able to qualify for this new EI benefit. Now, that, you can only start applying for that in April, and the government hasn't told us much information in terms of what the criteria is going to be specifically, what you have to show in order to qualify. They simply said that it's going to be available for self-employed individuals. So that's all I can go on, and, and, and I hope that that's what they've done because I've spoken with quite a few Uber drivers over the past week or so who have told me very similar situations. I know exactly what you're talking about or where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this benefit, you know, in, in a few days, a, a week or so, should be available, and we'll have more information as to how you apply, how you have to show that your income has been reduced, etc. I hope the government doesn't drop the ball on, on this and that they live up to their uh, promises. That's all I know right now, my friend. I wish I had more information for no. you. You have to apply for EI. 
No worries at all. Yeah, I will apply. So I can only apply in April, and I sh- and I shouldn't worry about my rent. Uh, will will my rent like will I be able to? Will they help me pay for my rent, or will it just? Uh, so I will not going to pay you. EI yeah. is going to pay you a certain amount of money uh, every every week. But in terms of your rent, again, this is more practical advice, but, but a lot of people have been doing this, is, is you need to speak to your landlord about deferring rent payment. The reality is that it's not like your landlord can, can really be that upset with you or can do much because it's not like if they somehow kick you out, they'll be able to replace you. No one's going to be coming into the apartment. No one can afford it. So landlords understand that. I've, I've spoken with many people that have done that. Even, especially since it's going to take you potentially a few weeks to get this money from EI, you should speak with your landlord about deferring rent. You're not asking for rent free just to defer payment. I think most landlords are going to be understanding, so, so you should try that. Okay, sure. All right. Thanks, Lee. Appreciate it, pal. Enjoy uh, enjoy the rest of your evening and uh, keep us abreast of what happens. We're going to take a short break. Lori, Norma, we see you there. Stand by. We're going to get to you. And still plenty of time for your calls if it has to do with this whole coronavirus and COVID-19 and the fallout from that for you as a working person in this country. Give us a call. 613-521-TALK is the number. The Employment Law Show, News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer, Lior Samfiru, on News Talk 580 CFRA. It is uh, 7.33 on Tuesday. Welcome back to the show, Employment Law Show. Lior is here indeed. And to reach out uh, after the show or any other time, one 821 5900 Always check out pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. ton of information there. And to send along an email address or an email anytime to the address, help at employmentlawyer.ca. .ca. We are talking, uh, taking your phone calls here, 613-521-TALK, if you have questions, which, God, we all do, uh, in relation to COVID-19, the coronavirus, and your job, your employment, either as an employee or an employer, bring it on. That's uh, mainly what we're talking about, so we're ready to get uh, right back to it. Lori, thank you for uh, for hanging on. What's, uh, what's uh, going on with you tonight? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I have several part-time jobs. One is mm-hmm. closed due to the virus. The other one told me there is no week uh, work this week, but maybe next week. But I'm pretty sure that's going to end as well. And the other one, I'm still um, working. So I started to apply for this EI and got stuck due to the other jobs because I was still working. I've tried to call the EI line, but all I get is a business signal. Uh, I tried to get to give me some advice. So what should I do? Mm-hmm. Should yeah, I just apply yeah. for the one that I know is already? they already sent the EROs over? That's exactly yeah. The, the ones that that you sent the ROEs for, you have to apply uh, for that. You 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 will you will get it. Uh, you will get EI. It, it's certainly uh, something that that you're owed. Yeah. And if you do need to get a hold of of the EI individuals because the online system doesn't work for you, all I can tell you is you got to keep at it. You can imagine okay. there's tens of thousands of people trying to do the same thing, maybe more than that. So it's going to be yep. tough to get through. But you will get EI, and you should apply for EI. Yeah, but uh, but. For the process, do I just do I just claim each individual job separate whenever I'm let go of the other ones? Exactly, exactly, so and that's going to impact the, the, the amount of EI you get. Exactly, and at some point you will get the maximum EI that's available. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some point you max out. Once you max out, it doesn't really matter, right? Yeah, yeah it doesn't. Uh, but I think it's five hundred and thirty or so, whatever it is, dollars a, a week before tax. 
uh, once you max out, but until then you apply with every record of employment when you get it as you need it. Okay, so each individual job is done separately then? Separately, okay. absolutely. Yep. Beautiful. Absolutely. You're wonderful. Thank you so much for your advice. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Lori. Thanks for uh, for hanging on and your question as well. Moving on down to uh, to Norma. Hi, Norma. Thank you for uh, for standing by. How can we help? Well, I have two questions. One is, as an employer, uh, we have been designated as a essential service. So um, there are employees who do not feel comfortable, not necessarily working in the office, but. They don't feel comfortable with anything to do with this, like going shopping or anything, and would be, be preferred to be laid off or whatever. For uh, the ROE, what would we say on the reason that they're gone? So, uh, you know, I, I want to be clear here, because as much as we're talking about employee rights, employers certainly have rights as well. And one of the things to keep in mind is that employees, unless they have a good reason, I'll talk in a second about what a good reason is, but employees, unless they have a good reason, do have to go to work. So they can't simply decide unless there's a good reason, well, I'm not comfortable, I don't want to, you know, do this, I'm not going to come into work. Now, a good reason may be a situation where the work environment itself may expose them more than is reasonable, or maybe they're caring for vulnerable people, or or, uh, maybe it's a situation where Others in the workplace uh, are exhibiting some symptoms or have had the uh, the virus, but if otherwise everything is okay and they can work in, in safety in an office and they decide not to come to work, you may actually be able to treat that as a resignation, and that's what your record of employment should say. Uh, so if there's a good reason for them not to come into work, you would put code K on the record of employment. Hmm. And on the comments, you would say uh, uh, COVID-related absence. Uh, if what's if there isn't... In? What's that? What was it? What kind of an absence? Uh, COVID. Co- oh, okay. Okay. COVID-related. Yeah, okay. COVID-related absence. Okay. And uh, if there isn't a good reason, frankly, you would put uh, the resignation code. So, you know, obviously I'm, I'm assuming there is a good reason. So you would could code K and then under comments, COVID-related absence. Okay, that would be fine. Now, I'm not quite sure if that would fit. If it was a resignation, are we responsible for going back and giving pay to them for the years of service? So if it's truly a resignation, if there's really no reason, as outlined by the health authorities, for them not to come into work, and it's a resignation, then no, no compensation or severance has to be paid to them. Okay. And they've decided to essentially not work when otherwise legally they're required to work. Now, keep in mind, you know, what's legally required, that the, the standard, the threshold has been lowered now. Oh, uh, definitely. So, definitely. So, but if it's still unreasonable for them to say I'm not coming in, then it is a resignation and you don't have to pay them in that situation. Okay, and we probably use code 10 or code K. The next question is, I am not the owner of the business, but I am on CPP and old age security. I'm an old lady that still works. Uh, if we do get shut down because of the virus, am I entitled to EI? 
Yes. You, you, so usually you would not be perhaps entitled, but yes, now you would be entitled to EI if, whether your hours get re- reduced significantly, if you're laid off permanently, permanently or temporarily, uh, whether it's because the company is slowing down or they're mon- mandatorily shut off. Yes, you will be able to qualify for EI right now. The government has assured us that, that in, even in these types of circumstances, will qualify so yes the answer as we know it right now based on what we've been told by the government is you will qualify for ei okay thank you norm appreciate that uh, good luck with all of that uh, for you still time for you to call in ask your questions about all this i know everyone even the phone calls sound confusing but you're working your way through the man they're, they're lucky you're here uh, talking to Lydia, not me Lee, or you of course i'm just here on ballast but uh, you want to call through <laughs> it's a uh, 613-521-TALK that is the way to do it you still got lots of time fill up those phone lines we'd love to get you on here and give you some peace of mind wanda thank you for hanging on how are you tonight hi what's your question my question is, I'm a self-employed. I am an esthetician, nail technician, and I work in a salon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried to apply for EI because uh, we can't do social distancing, and uh, it's a non-essential job. It's not essential, so we need to stay at home. And um, so no money is coming in. I do not pay EI. Am I allowed to the benefits of uh, EI? Yes. Yep. Yes, yep. you, you are allowed to, to get EI. Uh, because you're deemed a non-essential service, the business has to shut down, uh, at least as of tomorrow. And because of that, uh, yes, you, you can and you, you should qualify for EI and apply as soon as possible. So EI should not be a problem. Now, the only problem with EI, as I was said, saying before, is there's going to be a bit of a wait period because of the backlog that they're having right now, and it's it's only getting worse. Last week alone, over half a million people have applied. This week, it'll probably be at least as many. So you'll, you'll see a backlog there, but yes, you will apply, or you should apply, and you will qualify. Okay, I did apply on last Friday, and I went on underneath self-employed and asked me for my income of last year and everything, but they do yep. recommend a medical certificate a medical uh, doctor's paper. Well, right now, if, in fact, the business is shutting down and you cannot work, so you, you I think it sounds like you applied for different benefits. You applied for yeah. EI medical benefits, but if, if you're now applying for regular, by, by regular I mean not because there's a medical issue, it's because the business is shut down, you may be able to change your application right now given the new situation, and I, I don't see any reason in the world why you would need a medical certificate. Okay. And um, just a quick question. Uh, I do have to pay rent to the uh, owner. Does she, does she have to, do I still have to pay rent even if it's closed? No. No, you, you absolutely do not. By in the same way that she doesn't have to to pay you, you you wouldn't be paying rent. Uh, and and say so you you rent a chair. I understand the arrangement. So no, you would not have to pay rent or, or anything at this point uh, at all. So and and if they make that demand of you, that that is frankly a bogus demand. If you have any mm-hmm. problems with them, let me know. I can help you deal with them. But no, you should not have to pay uh, rent for the for the chair that that you use. Absolutely not. Wanda, appreciate your time. The number to reach out, 1-855-821-5900. That's to get a hold of Lior at the at the firm help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now, you want to ask your questions, do it, 613-521-TALK. Uh, Katrina, thank you for uh, for hanging on. How are you tonight? Thank you. What's, uh, what's going on with you? 
Um, my EI is coming to an end next week, and I've currently got home my kids from school because there's no school. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I can ex- get, ask for it to be extended or apply because for like the last little while, even getting so- interviews, there hasn't been nobody wants anybody coming in. Right. Right. So I take it you've been on, on what I call regular EI up until now. Is that right? Yes. So, so yes, with the new benefit that's available to parents that have to stay home because their kids uh, don't have other, otherwise uh, care, yes, this is a new benefit, uh, and, and it, it should not be affected by the fact that you're already on EI, and it should not be affected by how many hours of work you've had in the previous months. So as, as we understand it, based on how the government has described this, new, again, it's a brand new benefit. It's only a few days old. But based on how uh, it's been described by the government, you should have no problem uh, getting this. It's, it's not even an extension. It's just a different type of EI benefit uh, that's available to parents. So you should apply for it as soon as possible. And yes, you should qualify. And is it under the sickness benefits or? No, and, and, and you know the name escapes me. I should, I should know, know okay. it off the top. It's 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 an emergency EI benefit, uh, but but you'll yeah. see it when you apply online. Uh, and it's specifically one of the the several categories. It's for parents that have to stay home with their children because there's no schools, there's no daycares, etc. Okay, so I'll reapply on that. You got it. You got it. Thanks, uh, Katrina. Perfect. Appreciate Thank the uh, appreciate the call. You're welcome. Enjoy the rest of your night. We're going to take a short break. Uh, Rod, Richard, guys, hang on. We'll get to you and your phone calls as well. Just trying to squeeze in as many as we can. Six one three five two one. Talk. This is the Employment Rush uh, Employment Law Show. Rather, right here, News Talk five eighty CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru on News Talk 580 CFRA. It is uh, 748, still a few minutes to go here. 613-521-TALK. We'll try to get as many calls as we can uh, on the air. In that regard, moving over to uh, to Rod. Thank you, Rod, for hanging on through that break. How are you? Well, I'm not doing too bad. I just got a quick question for the sure. lawyer. Yep. I've been, uh, like, I'm self-employed. And I've been working for this uh, organization for since '07, and uh, they wouldn't let me take any other contracts because I guess I was specific to them. And I got an email today that as of March 31st, I'm done. That Airbnb and... taken over. Okay. And. Uh, Am I entitled to anything, or? or so, Rod, the... uh, you worked for them since two thousand and seven, and have over that period of time, have you worked for them exclusively? Or have you worked elsewhere as well? No, I I tried to get another contract, and when they found out, they said, "If you take that contract, you're done." <laughs> wow! So and, and what kind of work do you do? I like uh, I clean apartments. He has a number of buildings in throughout the city, and I clean them, snow removal, garbage put out, and, and uh, deal with the, uh, the uh, tenants. And what kind of so, hours would you put in in a week, uh, Rod? Oh, God, all depends. Like, some days, five, six hours. Some days, maybe just one. Okay. So, and, you are... You, you are very likely to be considered in the eyes of the law an employee. 
you've been with the same company, with the same guy, as you said, for, guess what, 13 years or so, since 07. Yeah. Uh, you, you've worked only with them. In fact, they wouldn't even let you work somewhere else. So even though you, you've considered yourself all these years to be self-employed, the law actually is the one that decides if you're an employee or if you're self-employed. And given all those factors that I've just outlined, there's no doubt in my mind that you really are considered to be Again, in the eyes of the law, an employee. Now, why is that important? It's important because if you are an employee, if what I said is right, and, and it is, then come March 31st when, when your employment, because it is employment, comes to an end, you're going to be owed severance. Now, you've been there for 13 years. They gave you uh, just a few days' notice that you're done. Well, you probably are owed another year's pay, potentially more than that. Year's pay. So... <laughs> That's not even a question about that. Your situation is a very common misclassification situation. So here's what I want you to do. Once we get off the air, I want you to reach out to me. You can call or email. John here is going to give you all my contact information. Uh, and let's sit down and have a chat about that because you're owed another year's pay. We'll simply look at what you make on average in a year's period. And that's what we used to calculate it. Uh, yeah, you, you're, you're definitely uh, misclassified as a contractor when you're not. Okay. Uh, All right, Rod. Okay, I thank you very kindly for your time. <laughs> you bet. Rod, I'm going to uh, give you that number now, and uh, I know you sound surprised, but it's a good surprise in light of what's going on. one 855 Rod, again, one 855 And help at ca is that email, uh, email address. Richard, you're up next, pal. Thanks for uh, thanks for hanging on. How are you tonight? Oh, not too bad. Good. What's going on? Um, I had a question. We have a small business, and we have business interruption insurance, and within that, there's a clause for pandemic and outbreak. Oh. And so I tried to make a claim with the insurance. They came back with uh, that some official body had to shut us down, and so they refused it. But now Doug Ford has come out with, you, you should be shut down. And so I've tried to redo the claim again, but now the broker is basically insinuating that they're going to try to reject it again. And I'm not sure where, where we stand with all these businesses that have business interruption, pandemic, and they're not covering. Well, you know, I, I, I don't like to pick on anyone, but I will say this, and I've said this before on the show. You know, insurance companies are often in the business of denying claims, okay? That, that's just the reality. So here's what needs to happen. They need the proverbial kick in the pants. That's really what they need. Uh, and often a letter from us to them saying, no, you got to pay up or else. You got to honor the policy or else. We'll do it. You've been paying money for this policy all these years. Uh, I, I obviously, I'd have to see the policy myself and read what it says. But if you qualify, they can't reject it. So my best advice, and we, we have a whole group of, of lawyers in my firm dealing exclusively with insurance issues. Uh, that's how often these things happen. So reach out to me after the show. I'll connect you with one of my colleagues who deals with exclusively with insurance issues. We'll review the policy. If everything is appropriate, if you meet the criteria under your specific policy, we'll send them a letter. They'll do what they're supposed to once they know we've, we've, we've called them on it, and you should get paid. You, you, you've, you've had the, the right approach by getting this policy. You've been diligent. You've been paying into it. Now it's time for the insurance company to meet its obligations. So by all means, reach out to me, and we'll help you out. 
Yeah, it's just really frustrating, Gilly. I mean, if this doesn't qualify as a pandemic, what the, you know? Yeah, not big enough pandemic. Exactly. Yeah. It's not well, going to happen yeah, again I mean, in our lifetime. This is it, my friend. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You should get paid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Richard. Appreciate it, pal. Here's uh, here's that number to reach out. Don't hesitate, of course. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Finally, moving on down the line to uh, Mohammed. Hi, Mohammed. Thanks for uh, waiting patiently on the wings. How are you? Hi, Mohammed. Yes. We don't. Have... Oh, there he is. Hey, uh, what's uh, what's on your mind, Mohammed? You're on the yes, air. Yes. Hello. Uh, good afternoon. Hi. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, good afternoon. And also, uh, we're going to have like uh, five seconds silent to pray for those people uh, lost their loved one and uh, for the coronavirus. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Yes, and we hope also uh, uh, to be recovery for everybody and uh, self-estrations to uh, get rid of the virus. So uh, my question here is uh, I was working and also I got screwed up by the labor standard. So my first work, I was working and I got injured. And uh, when the uh, labor standards, I mean, uh, WCB made the decision, so they denied my case and they fired me from my work. Hmm. The second work, I was volunteering with the government as well. So uh, I don't have uh, uh, work by money. I work by free. So it's volunteer. So but, uh, I can't go back to EI to apply. Also, the third job is I was working with uh, with a company, and also unpaid until now. So I went to the EI office and I asked the the the, uh, the what they call the agents, and he said, "Well, uh, we're gonna wait for the employment record." So they have difficulty to find the company. So in that point, they send me back to the social assistant, and the social assistant is only two hundred dollars a month. So $200 a month to survive, and I have, uh, uh, like, two kids. So okay. I can't so even what's cover... What's your main question? What's your main yes, question, my, Mohammed? My, my question here is, uh, do I have right to apply for EI, or do I have right to go back to the labor standard to investigate, or go back to occupation, health, and safety to uh, exercise the Charter 16 of Employment Record? Got so it. My point, right. yes. I got it. So, so Mohammed, here's the thing. Uh, you know, I don't want to shortchange you. I, I want to make sure that I do justice to your situation. That there's a number of issues that you've raised here in a number of different jobs. So, rather than me try to kind of make sense of it on the air and 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 give you advice when I don't I don't have the full picture, the best way for me to deal with this is I want you to connect with me off air. I want to ask some more questions. I want to find out the timelines of the different events, and then I'll be able to tell you what you're what you're eligible for and what you should do. So that's the best advice I'm going to give you rather than try to just give you an answer off the cuff. So please reach out to me off air. I'd be happy to, to sit down and have that discussion with you. Leo, before we uh, we wrap for the uh, for the night here, give us uh, one more uh, idea why you might want to reconsider or the, the pitfalls in considering just that simple EI and the layoff, right? Yeah, and, and I understand the instinct and uh, of saying, well, you know, if I've been laid off, I'm just going to stick it out, and that's fine. But there's some things to consider. You know, as I said off okay. the top of the at the top of the show, if this company that you're working for doesn't come out of this, uh, what happens then? You have to ask yourself. You're not going to get paid severance at that point. You're not going to have a job. 
everyone's going to be out there looking for a job, so it's going to be very hard to find one. So is that a, a good situation? It's not. So maybe, maybe the better situation for you is right now there's a company there that has legal obligations is to force the company, to require the company to pay the severance that you're otherwise legally owed. So that is a consideration. The other thing, the last point I'll make with respect to these temporary layoffs is that if you accept this layoff, if you are the good soldier and you, you leave uh, and you come back when they call you back, you would have given the company the right to lay you mm -hmm. off again and again in the future. So you've opened that door so next time they lay you off temporarily, for whatever reason, you won't be able to do anything about it. You only have one kick at this particular can. So when it comes to temporary layoffs, let's not have a knee-jerk reaction. Let's have a chat about that. Let's talk about your rights, your option, and what's best for you and your family. No bad questions. Always happy to talk. Always happy to correspond by email. Uh, uh, reach out to me anytime. You bet. Man, we are done, and what a heck of an evening. Appreciate all your calls. Thank God the Healthy Beals and Essential Service. Uh, moving on <laughs> here, it's uh, one 821 5900 to get a hold of Lior. That is the number, one 821 5900 Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Use that website and email as well, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Thank you for all of your work. Thanks, guys, at the station, and we'll pick it up here next Tuesday, Employment Law Show, News Talk 580 CFRA.